miles of mountain scenes in the background from our ski trip, or ocean vistas in the background, we live in North Carolina, or poor people in the background, we're missionaries, and we have big hearts, if not a lot of money. Miles and miles of less-than-engaging copy about how hubby's job is awesome, the kids are all getting straight A's, mom is so busy, but handling it well, and about the new bambino on the way. What a surprise! How will we deal with it? The khaki pants alone would cover most of Europe and Asia. The accompanying letters would cover South America. The family dogs would cover Central America. There's seemingly no end to how impressed we are with our own families, and how badly we want you to know about it. As a group, we book-purchasing evangelicals are, for the most part, a well-educated, affluent, and decent-looking lot. We clean up and photograph well. Our kids do well in school, and if we don't have all the money in the world, then, hey, at least we have our great families, right? Well, not exactly. The two of us grew up believing, albeit subconsciously, that being a good, successful Christian involves having a good, successful family. Sound familiar, anyone? Here are some of the lies we told ourselves. If I'm single, having a husband or wife will fulfill me and make life great. If I'm childless, having a child will fulfill me and make life great. If God loves me, he'll bless me with a family whose job it is to provide me with a non-stop cavalcade of Kodak moments and splendid memories. In our experience, many churches continue year after year to subconsciously sell these lies to their congregations. The stuff of our family fantasies includes an adoring, faithful spouse, attractive, obedient kids, people who depend on us, love us, give us a reason to get out of bed, and regularly stand up and sing our praises. Many of us worship at the altar of the perfect family. It's worship at the altar of family that causes the mom in your woman's Bible study to post the 67th photo of her daughter's birthday party on Facebook. It causes dad to spend an additional 30 hours a week playing football with his son so his kid can get a college football scholarship. It's the reason for the magazine-quality family photos all over the house. Family is a prominent household god. Idolatry Defined All this talk of household gods can be confusing. How can something good—family, professional, success, comfort—be something bad, an idol? In his great book, Counterfeit Gods, author Timothy Keller defines an idol as— Anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and your imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give. Our wise friend and counselor, Pat, has explained it to me this way. Anything we feel like we have a right to have is an idol. A loving spouse, healthy kids, sufficient income, a nice house, a good-paying job. Anything we feel we can't be happy without is an idol more of the same. Anything that, if we lost, would cause utter despair. Not sorrow, not pain, but despair. A sense that all is lost. God is cruel. You want to die. Keller writes that, the human heart takes good things like a successful career, love, material possessions, and even family, and turns them into ultimate things. Our hearts deify them as the center of our lives because, we think, They can give us significance and security, safety and fulfillment, if we attain them. We look to our household gods to give us 
significance and security, safety and fulfillment. We elevate and worship them when they succeed at making us feel this way. When they don't, we feel devastated and personally affronted or shafted by God, as though the perfect family, the perfect job, the perfect house, and so on, were our birthright as Christians. And when I say we, I mean I. Of all the household gods, family idolatry is the most tricky to identify because of the value the Bible places on family. The family is the building block of a moral society. It is a hedge of protection for the vulnerable children and women of that society. The Bible talks a lot about what a blessing a godly spouse and a house full of children are, and it has a lot of directives on how to keep those relationships healthy and godly. Parents are charged with the precious task of directing and guiding our children's hearts toward God. So it is easy to think of family.